You're listening to a resource from the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. It is our joy to glorify God by treasuring Jesus in the preaching of His Word. We pray this resource will be a tool used to aid in your relationship with Christ in addition to your local church. Blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. What's up, guys? Josh and Chad here. How's it going? And we are talking with Taylor and Tanner, founders of Gospel Folk. Hey, hey. Hey. And thanks for joining us, guys. So first question, why Gospel Folk? Why the name? Mm. Well, I remember, I remember where I was whenever Taylor first told it to me. Mm-hmm. I was cutting grass in Baton Rouge <laughs> um, back in the dark days. Um, but... Yeah, it's. I mean, what, do you, what would you say? I think I remember. Well, Taylor too, came like, up with it, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're here working him. at the building, like coming to our new space, and like I remember like spitballing stuff out on the our terrace or mm-hmm. something like that. So yeah, you wanted us to call ourselves Coin Purse. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was Chad's really? idea. Hey, listen, it, you know, catchy, right? No. brought that one up multiple times. So, okay, the idea behind Gospel Folk, uh, Tanner and I have been leading worship together at the field for, at, at this point, um, over two years, two years and three mm-hmm. or four months. And, um, you know, after a while of leading, leading together, we started to see our own styles uh, start to kind of influence each other. Mm. Just our backgrounds, the kind of music we grew up listening to and the things we liked the most. And... Uh, we kind of could even tell each other that uh, the two main genres that came in into our own styles for me was gospel. I grew up listening to uh, um, all kinds of music, but primarily uh, soul music, like from the 60s yeah. and uh, things like Aretha Franklin and, and stuff like that, which is something that you know Respect. we joke about. <laughs> nice. Um, and so right now, like just my style, the way the, the music that I like, the way I was brought up, I like a lot of gospel music mm. and uh, particularly like from that kind of influence, like Aretha Franklin, stuff like that. And then for Tanner, um, his main genre, the, the thing that, that most befits him is like the folk genre. And so even like long yeah. ago, before we had any idea of becoming a band or writing our own music, we already kind of characterized ourselves as like gospel and folk. And mm-hmm. then as we started leading our ministry and leading music together, we kind of said it's like gospel folk. We were already calling like our style that. Yeah. It didn't become a band name though until... You know, much later when we first started talking about coming up with a band, mm-hmm. everybody was like, well, what are you going to call call yourselves? And we threw around some ideas, but I was just like, why not gospel folk? Like, it's interesting enough that you yeah. think you know what it's about at first, but you're like, wait, like, what's the other, like, why would you name yourselves that? And so, and, and I like to play yeah. on words too, because like yeah. it, it describes your sound, but also like gospel folk, like people, people mm-hmm. around the gospel too, yeah. which is cool. Exactly. Ooh, that's so there, good. there are two, yeah. two bents to it. Okay, yeah. so why a band? Why a band name? Like, you lead yeah, worship. Let's, let's roll back to the beginning. Like, how'd y'all even meet? Like, how'd we get here? Well, um, well, the Field Church was an idea that you, Chad, and Sam had, our mm. other pastor. And, um, and y'all moved down here, moved your life down here to Mandeville, and started a church. So, mm. gospel folk wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the Field Church. Um and you could, the first say, you time, could even say gospel folk wouldn't exist if Sam didn't go on vacation and I needed somebody to lead worship. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so would have met Tanner. Um, 
You weren't going to be leading for long, bro. <laughs> well, trust me. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to get out of that. I've never heard you play or sing, so I don't know. I just yeah, the first time I led worship at to. the field was <laughs> it was <laughs> November of 2016. Yeah. Um, and I got a call. I was leading worship at our local college, uh, Baptist Collegiate mm-hmm. Ministry, and I've been there for about a year or so. And from time to time, I'd go to churches. And I would lead worship just as a fill-in, and yeah. that was a situation that mm-hmm. happened with uh, with y'all. And so I remember hearing that it was this house church, and so I was thinking, or it was a church plant, so immediately I thought yeah, house yeah. church. So I thought I was going to roll up into some neighborhood house, <laughs> pull up, and like there's some makeshift PowerPoint on the wall or something, and I'm asking Chad, like, hey, what songs do I sing, and what do I do? And I was just trying to do the best I could, and... Chad said, bro, our people don't know church music. <laughs> Play right. whatever you want. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Every time we would like lead worship, they just stand and stare at us anyway. So just have at it. <laughs> What'd you play? Oh, you it was it was probably some sovereign grace and sovereign hymns grace. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember rolling up and it was so uh it was at Opal Bay. And Taylor wasn't here. Not yet. No, now Taylor we knew Taylor was coming. That's why I knew my time was short anyway. I was filling in because we started well before we thought we was gonna start. We we always thought we'd start after Taylor was here. And so Casey, Sam's wife, and I were just making it happen. Um, and then Tanner came, and I was me like, I need to get this guy because I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> and yeah. he was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so after that one day, I was convinced that I wanted to be at the field. I didn't know what it would look like, but we mm-hmm. met a week later, and then you yeah. asked me to come be a part of it. So immediately, I was living in Baton Rouge at the time. Immediately, I decided I'd move to Hammond, which was 30 minutes closer. Right. And it was doable to come every Sunday. So. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't start leading worship, I don't think, until the end of January of 2017. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was, I remember, well, you know, was leading in a style that's not even close to what we're leading to now. <laughs> right. But we knew that, I, I, I remember Taylor, I talked to Taylor on the phone probably in February or March-ish. And I'll never, I was sitting, I was at my apartment in Hammond and, and uh, I remember you said, I'm a praying man, what can I pray for you for? And I was like, what a dude. He said, I'm a praying man. What can I pray for you for? And I was over those were my words. <laughs> I thought I was like, that's pretty audacious. <laughs> I'm a praying man. Oh, man a I remember that. But uh, no, then you moved down. And was it the first week that we were supposed to leave together? I got sick. Yeah. So I'll kind of back up just for, just a, yeah, for yeah, a second. Yeah, tell from your perspective. So uh, I, I really vividly remember uh, getting a call from Sam while I was still up in Lexington, probably like, you know, a good two months or so before I was going to move. Uh, we moved here in March of 2017. So about two months before that, Sam called me uh, to kind of let me know about Tanner. And uh, I knew, like, Lindsay and I had already committed. We knew we were going to move down. We just yeah. had a baby. We were going to move down, and I was going to be the worship pastor of this new church that none of us really knew about yet. We didn't know what it was going to end up being. We just knew here's this church, and I was going to be the worship guy. And um, so uh, I remember getting a call, and uh, Sam told me about, he said, hey, I just want to let you know, like, we're really excited. We, we met this guy. He's this young kid in college, and he, he filled in for Chad. He led worship, and he's, he's got, like, a big voice, a powerful voice. Um, he's a good worship leader, seems like a solid guy, and we really want to bring him on so we can invest in him, mm-hmm. uh, make him part of the team. And, like, I don't know, maybe, like, you guys can lead together. Like, it could be this amazing partnership. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm standing in a Chick-fil-A. I remember this. <laughs> like, I went there after class one day, and I was just sitting there, and, I mean, I was hearing all this, but like I was getting a little bit heated. Like, just I felt like threatened. Like, that's supposed to be my job. You know, like, what do you mean I'm right. going to share it with somebody? Like, 
who is this punk? Like, I'm just like, who is this guy? You know, and yeah. I, I had like all my fears. I was like, they they found somebody better than me. Like, it's just not going to work out. You thought you know? he was like, a better singer than you? Well, I was just worried. I mean, like, <laughs> that's supposed to me. Now we can all laugh. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So anyway, that was like the beginning. All my like fears and just worries. Like, who's this new guy? He's taken like what was supposed to be mine. And, um, you know, but the Lord has worked through those things, obviously, yeah. by this point. Um, but then I moved here about two months later and yeah, the very first Sunday we were supposed to lead together, mm-hmm. Tanner texted me like an hour before we we're supposed to be there that morning. And he was like, Hey, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I threw up all night and I'm just not going to be able to be there today at church. And I was like, like, he's joking, right? Like we're <laughs> supposed to be leading together today. And like we had prepared to practice? lead songs together. We did practice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is why it was more of a big deal that he's not coming. So right. I got to like rework the so plan. So you had already met him in person. Yeah. And this was the first yeah. official day we were going to lead together. Gotcha. So anyway, he bailed on me, which I was like, <laughs> wow, like what a guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the first time you all played and I remember Sam coming to me and he, you know, he, he had this vision of like, we, we had talked, but he, he'd really been the one spearheading like, man, Think if they work together, you know, and I'm, and of course I was like all on board with it, but then hearing you all do, it sounded, it sounded a lot like a, we love Shane and Shane it had that kind of vibe. We're like, man, this could be something special. You know, the number of times we heard comparisons Shane to Shane and, and Shane, Shane. I know. in those early and days. That's, and that's not who you are, but that, but that partnership of like, I think I'm guilty two of that guys too. who um, create together and like work well together. And so, and uh, like I said, I gotta give Sam credit. He, he saw it first, but and so that's when we started really pushing you all to start to think that way. And so kind of pick it up from there. You're together. You're starting to work together. How does it continue to progress from there? Well, no, let's just go to when does it become the need for a band and a name and an album and all that stuff? What is that? What was that step? Because that's a big step, I think, for mm. you guys. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of space in between there. We started leading. <clears throat> and, yeah, I remember the first time we led, which was the following Sunday, um, I remember Sam just pulled me aside and was like, man, mm-hmm. y'all are going to be the next Shane and Shane. And I was like, don't project that on me, <laughs> number one. You kind of hated Shane and Shane at that time. Yeah, I wasn't super into them at that time. Now, you know, they're awesome. It just wasn't my style at that time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we just continued to lead together. And that was right as we were mm-hmm. we were um, going to be moving into the new space. Right. So Taylor and I spent a lot of time together. Um, <laughs> You made me think your mom was mixed. And that was interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. That <laughs> <laughs> is that where the gospel, you thought the gospel came from? That's where the gospel came from, yeah, because yeah. Taylor's mom is mixed and letting him listen to Aretha Franklin and all oh that. Wendy. Um, <laughs> oh, Wendy. We love Shout her. Shout out. <laughs> no, but we just kept leading together, and it was just, it was, um, for me, it was uh, everything at that time that I thought I wanted worship to be, which was no holding back the entire, for probably, we didn't like the defining moment for gospel focus when Sam came up to us, but that was in 2018 in February, um, yeah, February of last year. When he charged us to write like a, a song, he gave right. us a deadline and mm-hmm. said, write one by this time. But right. all the way up into that point, it's like count conversation after conversation with sad, uh, with Chad and Sam mm-hmm. of pushing us. And it was like, I remember it was it was so frustrating. <laughs> I was like, "What in the world do you want me to be?" But the entire time, y'all saw something that we could be, and were pushing us to be that. Right. And so the entire that entire year was really hard. Like it wasn't easy at all. Um, but Taylor and I were meshing. I remember I knew that I knew that it was working, 
and I never were, I never was super, um, I would never commit to something as fast as I committed to the field church, but I knew probably four or five months in mm-hmm. that I wanted to be here forever. Like I want to be at this church for a long time. I remember the first time we practiced and it was one of the first things you asked me if I could sing harmony. And I was like, not a chance. I can't even sing harmony. I'm, I'm the lead brother. <laughs> I, I am the front man. I don't sing back up. You're the other Shane. Of course. <laughs> um, but I remember he said, just pray about it. And that first practice we got together, like, I remember that day we, I prayed like, God, please give it, give it to me. Like whatever, like I'm going to need this in this role. Like we're both going to need to work together. And, uh, and yeah, from that moment forward, we started singing harmony. And then I feel like we had this close chemistry from like almost day one. Mm-hmm. All the way into where we're at, you know, a year after that. Yeah. And that's when Sam came up to us and said, y'all need to write a song. And we're like, well, we've both written in the past. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about it. Maybe we talked about it after that, about our, you know, the songs we had written before. But he said, y'all need to write a song. And uh, we're like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of a hard thing to ask. Because writing songs isn't easy and we weren't in the practice of it. Mm-hmm. But he said, nope, yep, do it. He didn't give us a choice, and he said, y'all have one moth. And that's where, you know, our first song, Blessed, came from. All right, so let's jump into that. So, Blessed, walk us through the process of that. You're jumping into writing songs. When did the philosophy kind of switch for you all about even writing songs? Like, kind of talk about that part as well as, like, the process of writing your first song. Like, what did you guys go through in that process? So... I can say, at least for me, um, I am just not a super ambitious kind of guy. Like if, if I'm not like pushed to do something, Mm -hmm. especially at that point in my life, I think uh, it just would not have happened. And it it just helped. It was like from the Lord that Sam came and he was like, Hey, I really feel like the Lord told me that you guys need to do this. And so kind of with him pushing us, we were like, all right, we're doing it. So I think that was enough of a motivation to get us to just get over whatever reservations we might've had at that time. And, um, for this particular song, Um, he told us to write a song. He didn't give us any other parameters or anything like that. Uh, but we were, our church was about to start a, uh, a new sermon series. Mm -hmm. We were going to be, it was going to be a memorization series. We were going to memorize Psalm chapter one. And, uh, so that was a cool, like we just, we both knew that was coming up and we were like, Hey, what if we actually write a song from Psalm chapter one, but not just from Psalm chapter one, but actually like make it a memorization tool. So like actually write it word for word, which um, I'm not necessarily seen done before. Like I've seen people write songs, great churches, great writers write from the scriptures, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's not very common because it's really hard to write word for word and still have a beautiful, you know, piece of music sure. uh, come out of that. But that was kind of what we, we just restricted, restricted ourselves to that. We were like, let's try to do this. And um, so I remember for this song specifically, I just heard a melody in my head and I think I, I tend to think melody first. Tanner tends to think words first, like just some of our differences. Mm-hmm. I hear like a melody and I'm like just trying to fit something to that. And a lot of times, of course, now what we do is we look at the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But at that time I heard a melody. I just brought it to him and then we sat down and we just like, you know, hammered it out uh, mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. I remember he came to me with the melody and it was not easy to sit down and write word for word. Like he was saying, you know, Taylor said, it's tough to write just out of the psalm because it's a translation so it's not perfect mm-hmm. but it is the word of God and we were trying to memorize the church yeah. so we just did it and we just banged it out <clears throat> and it I thought it ended up I mean it turned out really well it's you know we decided to name the first project after that yeah and so it's really close to our hearts and I think it's just growing better with age um, but that lit the fire I think 
to start really writing songs because then it became, okay, we're not, which really was the start of our, our vision and like our mission as a band. And I don't think at this point we called ourselves gospel folk yet. Um, and we weren't even really thinking of like a band. We weren't even thinking of ourselves as a band. We were just thinking we wrote a song because literally I would say like the primary force was Sam told us to, and it was a direct command and we had to follow it. (laughs) (laughs) And so like both of us do not want to let Sam down, you know? And so we did it and it turned out really well. And it was one of those things where we look back and we're like, I didn't really like it at the moment. It's Mm -hmm. like, don't tell me what to do. Of course. (laughs) But that's just my inner, you know, eight. Um, but it, Sam has this vision and this, you know, sometimes like prophetic thoughts of like getting us to do things that we really need to do. And that was probably, that was one of the biggest things. I think he's pushed us to sort of get the ball rolling for us. So then it became your vision and you started to run with it. I would say like it started with that song and what we learned out of that song, even though like looking back, I don't know that I would say it's like the best song we ever wrote. It was the first one, but it, it, it had an impact on every song we've written since then because we came to find like God's word is the source of mm-hmm. all that's powerful and all that's beautiful and all we could hope to write. And so there's no uh, extra biblical source that could match like the power of writing out of God's word. Mm-hmm. And so all the songs we've written since then have come from God's word. You know, like that's been the foundation um, of it. And this project, like the album itself, it's made up of songs that that we wrote after that point. Um, all of them were were, you know, pretty closely tied to significant chunks of scripture, mm-hmm. either, you know, close to word for word or, or very, very uh, along those lines. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so just going down the list, I know Make Me Know is one of the more most recent songs, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's second on the list, so let's go through that one. Make Me Know. What songs are that of? One Make f- Me Know, yeah, it's the, I think it's the newest song we've written, um, mm-hmm. probably in, I don't know, March or April um, is whenever. I remember the first... And, the first time we were going to do it, I lost my voice. And, no, I uh, had to sing it. and Taylor sang it. Which I know crushed him. <laughs> wow. I loved it though. It was fun. He killed yeah. it. He you did great. You can sing a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, I lose my voice very <laughs> rarely, I think. I usually just push myself really hard. Some but vitamin C, bro. Yeah. That's a good one. I'll go ahead and start taking that. Um, but make me know. I remember, I think I started writing that in like October of last year, around that time. Um, it was just this melody. Sometimes a melody will just come, and I'll just want to... I Most of the time when I'm writing a song, I just sit down with the Bible in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, I try to read through a psalm a day, and so certain psalms are going to stick out. And uh, it was out of Psalm 25. Um, Make me know your ways, O Lord, uh, and teach me in your paths. But the, it's actually the verses. It's a little, it's like swaps, like, to you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Um, and you do I trust. And then the maybe like the third or fourth verses mm. make me know your ways but we just structured that into like this this melody that I really love and I uh, I record on my phone I think I showed Sam and I usually show Chad and Sam and Taylor everything um, even if it sucks as like a barometer to whether I should keep trying or not um, mm. and then Sam came up to me in probably February mm-hmm. and was like dude where's that song at I'm like what are you talking about that he said melody? that song and he tried to start singing it which is funny <laughs> to hear Sam sing <laughs> Um, but then after that, I just, I, um, the, the song, the song is about, you know, make me know your ways. And so it's this sort of like this plea for God, like, make me know your ways, please like teach me in your past. 
um, to you I lift up my soul and you I trust. And it's all about knowing God's word. So for me, it was really easy. I, I was trying to write the verses. And oftentimes when I, I do that, I'll just look at the psalm and I'll just fashion it into verses that, that seem to make sense to try to catch the mood of the psalm and all mm. that. And uh, Psalm 119 was easy for me to go to. So I just went to Psalm 119 and, and was just reading through it and just meditating and then put together the verses. And, um, and it just came together really well, a lot mm. better than I expected. Yeah. It's well, a great tool for like my family as family discipleship because it's mm-hmm. the kids' favorite song. Is it? Hands down. And it's also the most practical lesson for them too right now. Like make me know your ways, oh Lord, teach me in your path. So it's a tool for sure. That's awesome. One thing I think is cool, and I don't actually think it was um, intentional necessarily, but uh, we put that song second on the album. And I think you put it second because it's a bop. Like you think it's a bop and you want it to be heard (laughs) quickly. Like if people pick up our album, it's one of the first ones they'll hear. But I love that it's second also because it's like the second thing people hear and just like blessed, it informs the rest of what you're about to listen to. And it it really does... um, characterize like what we're about blessed is like blessed is the man who delights in the law of the lord and he's like this tree this fruitful tree planted by the waters but the the important thing to know is like the source that he's that he's drawing from is god's word it's being connected to god and make me know it's like it's like praising this like it says it's sweeter than honey like god's word is sweeter than honey and mm. more precious than the finest gold and then if i if i keep your words like that's protection for me like god protects yeah. me and whoever keeps them there's like a great reward and both song number one and song number two i think they set up the album to communicate what we really hope that it will yeah. um the importance of god's word and and the life that, that you find if you are in god's word both mm-hmm. of those songs kind of yeah. set it up that way that's awesome well that kind of goes into Song number three. Now, you didn't write this one, but Nothing But the Blood. Why did we choose that hymn and, and talk about kind of how you all repurposed it a little bit? I think that was all you. Maybe, yeah. So we, we uh, I guess we did that one some, somewhere around the same time yeah, we started with Blessed and stuff. Ones. It was like over a year ago in the springtime at some point. Uh, we just decided to do do this hymn. We, we obviously do a lot of covers here in worship. We cover yeah, other people's things. And some of the our favorite things to cover are hymns because they're just very rich in history and the church has used them a lot. And Nothing But the Blood has always been one of my favorite hymns long before I ever thought to kind of re- rearrange it. Um, right. Just in what it says, like that Jesus's blood is our only boast and that's the only thing that atones. Mm-hmm. And so we, 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 it gets pretty crunk in here when we sing yeah. that song too. I love that. one of my all... favorite ones that, that we do. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, so this is one of the first times I think we, we had like a s- somewhat successful arrangement of a song. Mm. Like we, uh, we just really wanted to do something out of the box. And I just thought, I think back to kind of like, I don't know, black gospel and stuff like that. And a lot of times there's like a, a call part and then like a response part and yeah. it's like choral type stuff. Um, and I just, again, like just kind of heard this thing. I was driving in my car and I, I heard like nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. And I just heard that. And I think I like recorded it and sent it to you. And I was mm. like, this is probably crazy. I always am really like timid and like, there's a lot of trepidation <laughs> that goes into me, like sending an idea to somebody normally. So that was one of those early days when I sent something and I was like, Ugh. like it probably took me an hour to like <laughs> agonize over it before I sent it to him. Finally sent it to him, and I think you were like, "Dude, that's really good. Like, let's mm. let's try yeah. that." Yeah. And I don't know. We just put our heads together. We practiced it the next day or something, and then we ended up doing it that Sunday. Yeah. And like, we just knew, like, man, that was really cool. And the church, like, everybody sang it. It's like the super familiar song. Right. But like, we just kind of stepped it up a notch, and 
it, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Had, a, had a real awesome vibe. People, I love it. It's one of my favorite ones that we do at the church, um, taking an old hymn like that and putting it in a way of like, I don't know, making it come more alive, if you will. And so, yeah, I love it a lot. So like switching gears to worship leaders, how do you choose songs that you cover? Like what goes into that thought process? Well, I think for us, just specifically as like who we are, what we love, mm-hmm. what we want to do, it's mostly hymns. Like we have three covers on this album, and we probably have like five or six hymns that we do regular. I mean, probably more than that. I mean, so much as ten, but probably five or six that we do in our own style, um, and and most of them are hymns because of like Taylor said the history and and the um, like the just all the the scripture that's behind it. But even for songs that aren't hymns, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we do play we play several. I mean, a lot of songs that aren't, and it's based off of how like we've grown from playing like where we when we started out playing whatever we felt like. Oh, this song sounds cool. Let's play it. Um, and of course, we've we've progressed now that we have you know nine originals, three hymns, and like several other songs that we have. Um, we get to choose from those a lot more. To where now we play a lot of stuff. The barometer for us is scripture. So like, how are we going to like how are we going to choose songs? Well, how how where do we find it in the Bible? Right. We mm. want every verse to be and every chorus to have a close, close tie to the to the yeah. scriptures because nothing's better for us than to put the Bible in people's hearts and into their minds and for them to be singing. Like you see, you know, right. your children are singing scripture. There's like nothing better mm-hmm. than whenever a family will send us a video of their kid like running around singing one of our songs mm-hmm. and it's like you know my favorite is uh when we when we heard from the prices this is a long time ago and yeah. i think bo um i think it was bo who said his favorite song that we do at the field is nothing but the butt of jesus <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how he sings it maybe to this day I don't oh know. man that's awesome oh yeah i hear my kids break out all the time and juliana almost never says any of the words right but <laughs> yeah but i know what she, i know what she's trying to do and it's awesome yeah um why do you, you kind of said it already but it, it it's not normal, even though it should be. But why is it so important for you all to make it mostly about scripture and that barometer of scripture? I mean, I feel like that's an obvious question, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's that obvious. So why is that your barometer? Why is it most important? Well, maybe it's because like as an obvious thing, scripture is the only thing that is, um, infallible. It's the word of God. Mm-hmm. And we are, we're humans. We're, we're gifted with, um, you know, God's hand in our lives his his movement in our lives, his wisdom that he imparts to us. So the things that we create by his grace can be so beautiful and so powerful, but we want something that's more sure than just what we think is good. Okay. You know? So, but two years ago, you guys would just play what felt good. So mm-hmm. you always believe in scripture as mm-hmm. that important. So what yeah. shifted in your mindset? So when it comes to like choosing songs based out of scripture, um, I think we just felt, we just felt convicted that God has gifted this church by his grace, by his, his own wisdom to put me and Tanner as the leaders of this church, Mm -hmm. not, not so-and-so who leads at another church who wrote songs for their church. And so number one, we just felt kind of convicted. We should write songs for our church, you know, like, and then when it comes to writing our own songs, we wanted something that was like, we wanted to do it in a way that was like, not just going to, 
you know, be based on our own impulses and our own favorite yeah. things, but something that's sure, which is the word of God. Yeah. And okay. A quote, a powerful quote that we heard John Piper, um, said like people learn their theology and take it down into the crevices of their soul, um, from the songs they sing, maybe mm-hmm. even more than like the preaching they hear. Mm. And so if we really have yeah. that much of an impact in what we do, which I really believe, I mean, we take our role roles very seriously because we do think it's true. People learn their theology from the songs they sing. And so rather than singing generalities that like, you know, kind of sound fluffy, I want them to sing the word of God. Mm-hmm. So the songs we've written have kind of come out of so that. So you just began to take ownership in that yeah. vein. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Right. Yeah. It may, right. may all be also be helpful to say mm-hmm. um, somewhere around this time frame, we also started, uh, you asked, how do we choose our songs? Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of started crafting our worship services to retell the story of God's redemption. So like, one other filter perhaps that we carry through like a, a, a prospective song would be like how it, how it takes part in retelling the story of God's redemption. Mm. We progress through our worship services the same way every week. And we actually used the story of Isaiah six to inform how our worship service flows. Isaiah sees the Lord. Like he just comes into contact with the glory and beauty of God. And that's the starting point next, because he sees a good picture of God. Um, he can then see himself he can confess his unworthiness, his mm. sin. Um, and that's like the second point in our service every week too. We kind of bring ourselves to a point of recognizing our sin and confessing our need. Um, and then Isaiah's cleansed. The Lord sends an angel to, to, to cleanse him with a hot burning coal. Mm. Um, he atones for the sin. So at that point in our service, we kind of are reminded of the gospel. Um, and then though he's unworthy, the Lord says, who will go for me? And, and Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And so we always progress through our service in that order, recounting kind of all those four major points leading up to sending, which looks different each week, but mm-hmm. it's all about um, having been cleansed by the Lord. Here I am. Here am I right. like send me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's honestly one of the yeah. major influences of how we how we choose songs and structure our so service. You guys are really focused on shepherding people through worship, which is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Song number four, King of Glory. Tell us about that one. King of Glory, I wrote after one of our former staff, uh, uh, pastor in trainings, Connor Kennedy. Mm-hmm. He preached on Psalm 24, mm-hmm. and it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he did it, it was like, dadgummit, we got to write a song out of this. And, um, and, I mean, that's what we did. And we knew he was writing a song, so, well, I mean, we knew he was preaching out of it, out of Psalm 24, you know, several, several weeks in advance. So we wanted to write it before. We just it really took him preaching through it mm-hmm. to really understand it. And after that, it was very easy to put it all down on paper. And um, and I think my favorite part of that song is is this. It's it's a psalm, so it's written you know years and years and years before Christ come. But it's all about Jesus. Right. It's all about the King of Glory. And um, and I I remember Connor just going through that and. I just get this vision of, especially through uh, the bridge, whenever it starts going, mm-hmm. you know, to lift your head up, O gates, uh, be lifted ancient doors, the King of glory comes, he's marching in. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved being able to write, especially in the verses, to write kind of in a past tense or like in a, in just sort of a generality sense about who the King of glory is and what he, uh, his attributes and all that, to writing very presently about Christ. Like, mm-hmm. he is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords. Like he um, he has defeated death and opened heaven's doors, and he is pure in heart. His hands are spotless clean. He has not told a lie, and his uh, nor has been caught in deceit. Mm-hmm. So he is the King of Glory, and 
kind of the the biggest part of that song is Behold Your King. I love that part. And it's like the hardest thing to sing. <laughs> <laughs> it, I've tried to like back down from it so many times. Ben Taylor has like that's one of those goosebump moments. Though. Yeah, like you lead yeah. up to like who this king is, and then like Behold Your King. Awesome. And I would say really up into this point, it's probably my favorite song on the album. And it used to not be that way, but thanks to uh, our drummer Row and. Uh, bassist Timmy, they had a huge part in mm-hmm. crafting it mm-hmm. to sort of give it that energy. And that's one thing, you know, we try to convey in all the songs we write is the energy that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, what we would also, you know, classify as straight up bop. <laughs> like uh, just, I Can just love a bop? it. Oh, it's an absolute bop. Oh, it wasn't it. always though. Can you I used bop? to hate it. He, he, right. he kind of gave a shout out to Roe and Timmy, and that's very appropriate because you were ready to cut it from the album. Straight too. up, we we're about and that. A few months songs. back, we just restructured it mm. in practice, and we all kind of fell in love with it again. I already told you, I was like, "We're not going to cut it. It's good, but it did need some help, and, and they brought it. Yeah, they fixed it. That's awesome. Now I love it. I mean, we it's four, so it's like mm. you know. <laughs> had to put it there. Well, one of my favorite songs is coming next. Number five, Redemption. I think... Oh, Redemption. Out of Ruth, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, Redemption, it's kind of easy to tell about this one. We wrote this one uh, similarly when we were going through uh, a sermon series in our church in the book of Ruth. And I, I wrote that one. Tanner helped. And um, we... We did it on, I think, the last Sunday of Ruth. I don't know if we... We might have started at the beginning of the series. I don't remember. But I think it was at the end. It was the last sermon. Maybe it was the very last day of Ruth, and I had it ready, like, just in time. Also, on that same day was the first time we ever played Grace Through Faith, which yeah. we'll get to. That was a bad day, too, um, just for a few <laughs> reasons. I, I got sick. I was like, he, talk about him, like, throwing up on Sunday. I, like, I never, ever get sick like that, but I got so sick through the night, and I remember getting ready to, like, call in for that Sunday. But yeah. the Lord sustained me, and I made it. But that was the first <laughs> Sunday we played two brand-new songs on Praise that God. day. Yeah. And it was just you and me. Like, it was just the two of us. Yeah. And so that was before we had a band at all. So anyway, I wrote this song, Ruth chapter four, you progress through the story of Ruth and there's a lot of loss. Um, and of course it doesn't look like there's going to be hope. Like the song kind of starts out just recounting that this is one of the ones that's, I mean, it's very closely knit to what the scripture is saying, but it wasn't like word for word scripture Mm -hmm. by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the big, like, most repeated part toward the end, like, we are not left without a redeemer. That's, like, one of the most famous verses in Ruth, Ruth chapter 4 where she says, like, bless the Lord, like, he has not left you this day without a redeemer. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, like, the, the resounding theme um, in the book of Ruth is redemption. And so we wrote that song just to basically to be, like, an anthem of rejoicing and mm-hmm. uh, just a, an encouragement, like, to, and I remember when I wrote this and I wanted it to have like the language of we rather than like I or me. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be like as a church, like we sing this, like we are not left without a redeemer. And I just like, I think those are powerful moments when like the mm-hmm. church is proclaiming something together that is ours. So you would describe this as an anthem? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you it. never have before? I don't think so. I, when you said that, I was like, like this and here am I is like, okay. yeah, I was those are anthems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say those are right now my two favorites on the album, although that's like, I love all of them. So yeah. it, it switches week to week mm-hmm. of when I listen. But, um, but yeah, definitely. I, I would agree and say this is an anthem yeah. for sure. So cool. uh, We definitely take our liberties with it. You'll hear it. It's like really long. We keep going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like There's it. There's nothing Just, better. There's nothing better than getting to the end. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're singing softly without a redeemer. And it happened just by chance, I think. We were playing, and then all of a sudden, this was when Ro was playing on Cajon. It was like 
November-ish or something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just Ro just like, he just wouldn't quit. He just like, and we were all kind of surprised by it, but like everybody was pumped with it to keep singing. And yeah, so that was the first single that we released, Redemption. We didn't put the the build back into it. Right. And it suffers because of it. The album has a build though, right? The album, the album might or might not. You'll have to get and see. <laughs> well, the next one there, right after it, um, "How Firm." That one's a, another hymn, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I I'd never actually heard that one before. Uh, you all started playing it, so talk to us about "How Firm." Really, "How Firm" is all due to Timothy McGee. Yeah, he that just walked line. in. He loves that bass, man. <laughs> that's that's like, um, yeah, it's one of the most unique songs I think we were doing up in that point, probably in the summer. Because it, it started with Blessed, then we wrote Yahweh, mm. and then we wrote, um, and then we started playing Nothing But the Blood, maybe before Yahweh, and then How Firm, and then um, Here Am I, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then Grace Through Faith and Redemption came later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Timmy just started slapping the bass. Like he just started, <laughs> started killing it. And we yeah. just. He makes it dance for sure. Well, next one is a very Old Testament name Locust Eaten Years. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to rename that for sure. <laughs> so tell us about that one. No, I, I, that name. I, I like absolutely yeah, yeah. would not rename it because it's so weird. It's so like not normal. It's so folky. It's, it's uh, your folk it's roots. It's the folk side of the gospel. But it's, um, <laughs> I mean, that song, honestly, if there's one song that means the most to me, it's probably this song. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, it, I've always loved this verse. Like it's always something that I go back to, Joel 2.25, um, when the Lord is saying to his people, like, I will restore to you the locust eaten years, you know, the years that the hoppers destroy, the cutters destroy. And um, and it's such a, I mean, it's a very Old Testament reference. Mm-hmm. You know, talk, going back to the, wonder if the locusts would just ruin a field. You think back to Moses and, mm-hmm. and the ten plagues and all that. Um, but I remember I wrote this song in December um, of last, of 20, 2018. And... Uh, I remember it was it was December seventh, uh, which was it was like a very it was a very special day in our family's like history. My sister, uh, it was the the birthday of her first daughter, miscarriage, mm. uh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I just texted her like, "Hey, I love you. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and praying for you." And this is a verse I can't quit thinking about. Mm. And uh, it was Joel two twenty five, uh, because at this time like, she was pregnant with Sutton who is her second daughter. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, wow, can you believe it? Like, he really is restoring you the locust eaten years. Right. So Sutton is sort of the testament that the Lord will, you know, bring joy in the morning. And uh, mm. and she just had her just a couple weeks ago, which is yeah, cool. That's wow. awesome. Um, and Sutton is like the most precious little, you know, baby there yeah. is. Well, can't and put ass. her above Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but right. anyway, right now, baby, under three weeks, she's the most precious three-week-old baby. That's awesome. Um, and then I remember uh, going upstairs and like, I'm not like an emotional person um, in a way of like I cry a lot or like get uh, choked up or anything like that. It's more just like heat and, you know, getting mad. And <laughs> so, being, so you're an emotional person. Being grumpy. That's where my emotions come out, but not in the way the world would say like emotional. Um, but I wrote this song and I remember the first lines were just, <laughs> death on the landscape. <laughs> Which I don't know what brought me to that, but it was sort of, I was thinking about like, like you look out and we see all this, these bad things mm. that have happened to us and we want to 
blame God or be mad at him or not understand. But we have right there in, in the scriptures, like, I'm going to restore to you the locust eating years. And it's really, that's like one of the most sweet promises that we have in scripture. And so um, I think that, I don't think I started writing it immediately after that. I sort of like wrote it, recorded it, sent it to Taylor. And <laughs> um, I don't think he really made fun of me, but it was sort of like death on the landscaper. Like maybe we could like change that up just a little bit. Like if we're <laughs> going to sing that on a Sunday. Yeah. It's um, a little bit emo for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> and I am emotional. <laughs> uh, That's true. But yeah, and it, we eventually, I just, it was one of those things where I, um, it has all that deep meaning behind it. Like every time I sing that song, that's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wrote it in a way to sort of, at, right out of Joel 2, I just studied Joel 2 and just uh, went through. And it's an amazing how you, you read through and the prophet, he's calling the people back to God, like to come back to God. And then he's conversing with the Lord and the Lord has mm-hmm. basically said, I'm about to, I'm going to end them. Like, they're just not following me. Like I told them this would happen. This is what's going to happen now. Like they're going to get what they deserve, which is completely just. And then Joel is pleading on their behalf. And then uh, God says, okay, I'll relent. Like I will relent. Like the people repent and they go back to the Lord and the Lord uh, restores to them like all the the death and destruction that they incurred upon themselves, which is so like mm. undeserving and so just doesn't make sense to our human minds. But it's God's like it's how He treats us and mm. it's His love and kindness that we absolutely don't deserve. And so uh, we wrote it out of that. And I think my favorite, like the favorite part of the song, is uh, in verse uh, in verse two, and um, it's like this. We it's it's a musical shift from like we're playing minor minor chords and it's kind of a dark thing. But in the ha- the middle of that verse, it turns to majors, um, into you know, be glad, O child of Zion, uh, rejoice now in the Lord, for He has brought the rain and poured down in this place, and uh, and it's just like hope filled after that, and it's hope filled mm-hmm. throughout the entire song. But it's one of my favorite to like sing and mm-hmm. and to lead because it has such like such power within that truth. Because I mean. Above all else, we want people to know the Bible, and we want them to know the truth that comes, you know, through sitting down and dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, like I think that is really helpful. I hope you know yeah. can heal a lot of wounds and bring people back from the tragedy. Like it's not over. Like God will restore you. Will restore you all the things that you think that are all the locust eating years, basically. And so we definitely wanted to keep that title because yeah, if anything, in, in this culture, it's all like fluff and it's all um, trying to make everything palatable. Mm-hmm. And like, I just don't care about that. Like the Bible is not, you know, always palatable, mm-hmm. like upon first, like, look. And if people sit down, like if somebody's like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Like I want them to look down into it, like look at Joel 2 and read it yeah. and let it, you know, nourish your soul. I think that's so helpful to our people, and I'm glad you all take chances like that to shepherd people through passages like that that aren't necessarily popular but are so helpful in understanding the heart of God and also understanding how to deal with tragedy or grief or hardships that we all deal with and face. And so it's awesome that you shepherd our people through that. Number nine, Yahweh. Number eight. Or number eight. Yahweh. I'm looking at it from a distance. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have. I do have numbers in there. Yeah. Now I'm covered. Um, Yeah, Yahweh was when I wrote out Psalm eight, and that was the third song. No, the second song that we wrote. 
um, like in April or Mayish. I remember I was sitting at home in my my mom's little like library area, mm-hmm. and uh, I just wanted to write a song. And so I sat down and I did the thing. I was like, I'm gonna just gonna write a song. And I remember I sent it to y'all and uh, to Sam, uh, Chad, and Taylor and. They're like, no, nah, that melody's no good. <laughs> and now, I mean, it was only the second song we wrote, but it was like one of the, I think the few times where I got some serious like criticism, <laughs> you know, that was like, oh, kind of damning. Not the last time, of course, but um, I remember it was Yahweh, our sovereign king. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so we changed it to what it is now. Um, but I wrote that song. I was reading this uh, devotional uh, by Alec, Alec Montier. Uh, called Psalms by the Day, and he wrote his own translation out of um, from from the Psalms from the Hebrew, uh, super literal, super uh, exact, which we don't get you know as much today mm. in our modern translations. Uh, but I was really enjoying it, and in that Psalm, he was talking about how important it was and how to realize that God gave us His name. Uh, this idea of when you tell somebody your name, you're uh, you're inviting them in. To your confidence, you want them to know you're inviting them to relationship, hmm. and uh, in a lot of other rela- in a lot of other religions, you don't get a name for God; you just get God because He's Most High, and you hear that a lot. But from very early on, you know the Lord told Moses, "I'm Yahweh, like I am who I am," and um, and that's I thought that was so cool. I just wanted to write a song that said Yahweh. Hmm. I want our people to be able to sing God's name because He gave it to us for us to know. And so that was out of Psalm 8, and so we just, we, uh, I took it very literally and sent it to Taylor, and then I was like, write a bridge. And he wrote the bridge, and it was, it was freaking sick. It was awesome. It was completely, it was like a, one of those things where we're still on this, like we want to be completely different. Yeah. And so if a song has like a completely like weird and different breakdown, like that's awesome. Let's be completely different. Let's, as like as far as we can, and um, and we came to that, and. Yeah, it's it, it's another song that we still we've been playing it for a year and a half now. You know, we mm. still love it. Yeah. So, what inspired you to write the bridge the way you did? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. I mean, I remember uh, I remember I sat on my back patio at my condo um, where I lived at the time. I don't I didn't have like a yard or an outdoor space, but I loved just sitting outside. So that was a place I would go, and I only felt comfortable like singing or playing my guitar like late at night for some reason. So I would go sit out, and when he sent it to me, I, I sat out there late at night, and I just like just started trying stuff. And I, I wrote like the melody of that bridge, and it's really mm-hmm. different because you're singing the da 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 da, and then when it comes to the bridge, wow, well, like started off in the wrong key, so it's really low, but it's like. Um, you have made us ride below the angels. And I just wanted mm-hmm. it to kind of shift gears significantly. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's going to really bother me when I listen back to this that I was in two different keys. But <laughs> it started off too low. I just couldn't do it. That's okay. But, um, I didn't notice. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, honestly, I just wanted to do it differently. And mm-hmm. he asked me to write the bridge. And I was like, well, I'm going to write this the way I would like to sing it. Yeah. You know? And actually, for the beginning of the song, we used to trade off. I used to mm-hmm. sing that. What happened to that? I'm kidding. But uh, basically, <laughs> that, that was my motivation. I just like, I just tried it out, tried yeah. out different things, and it ended up sticking. Yeah. yeah. I really love, too, like, um, I give Ro, Ro a lot of props. Cheryl's a drummer. The the drum beat he lays down on that bridge mm. is awesome, too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, I give it to Timmy. I think Timmy, yeah. like, wrote that on Calm. Did he? And then Ro just is a master at 
taking what we used to do in Cajon and enlarging it and playing mm-hmm. on drums, mm-hmm. making it sound really good as well. Probably yeah. half of these songs started out on Cajon. That's Maybe true. more than half. Some of them, Roe was like the first drummer on them, but some of them Timmy used to play on Cajon. For those that don't know, the Cajon is the uh, the drum that people sit on and play with their hands like in it's front the of them. It's yeah. the box drum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people may not know what the heck that <laughs> I guess, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I guess people don't really understand how, which we talked about earlier a little bit, but the evolution of the band. Like, mm. mm-hmm. like we're to this point now where you have a full band and shout out to other volunteers who also... Like Mike, like Josh, mm-hmm. like our ladies, All the ladies, Casey, Lindsay, Siobhan, Brittany, Brittany, but uh, also uh, Laura even sang on yeah, the album Laura, too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been cool to watch you all like build a whole, a whole band and a whole mm-hmm. uh, group that continues to lead us on Sunday mornings. But yeah, when we started out, it was you two and like little kick drum, the guitars. <laughs> it was two, two guitars, guitars before it was kick drum. Then you had the kick drum. And then you had the the foot tambourine. Foot tambourine. <laughs> then we. That, that just recently phased out. Yeah. Like it broke for like the third or fourth, fifth time, and you're just like, you didn't get another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was yeah. just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. It just, it I just have been wanting away. to get that foot tambourine off my foot for months and months and months, and everybody was like, no, no, no. I'm probably and one so, of the biggest culprit. I like And I so just much. decided in my mind that I wasn't going to do it anymore. <laughs> Got messing up my boots. See how long well, it's it time. It was time. Because, yeah. like, yeah, we don't. Row is like taking over. Like yeah. everything's smooth. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't need it. It was a good Speaking transition. Of smooth. Number nine, maybe one of my favorite songs in the album, the anthem. Mm. Here, here am, I am. Here am I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you say it that way. That's actually kind of a, an important uh, part yeah, of the song. Right. Okay, here am I. That actually comes out of Isaiah six. I referenced that earlier. Mm-hmm. Isaiah six. It's cool. Like that. That became the guide for our worship services. That text. The progression of that story and how we how we also progress through our worship services. And then, uh, you know, several months later, we actually wrote a song out of that. And um, so I wrote the bulk of this this song and I actually wrote it on vacation. Lindsay and I got to take this week away. It was a huge gift from the Lord and he, like mm-hmm. the Lord just worked out a lot of things. So we got to go and spend a few nights away on the beach. And we were um, just right there on the beach. This like beautiful place. And I took this book. Um, it's called... The holiness of God, I think. Mm-hmm. Sproul. And um Sproul. Sproul, however you say his name, who cares? <laughs> Rest in peace. So um, yeah, I, I took that book with me. And um in this season of life I I wasn't reading very much, and so I needed to like just force myself to read a book. Mm-hmm. And so I read that book. And um in that book, the holiness of God is like an unsearchable topic. It's like it would be hard to uncover everything there is to uncover. Mm-hmm. Um but I just was, I was so enriched by reading that book. And, um, the author references this, this passage, Isaiah chapter six, uh, a lot. There's like a big old section that's focused right on that. Mm. And, um, he just talks about like a couple of things. Like when you see the holiness of God, when you actually see the holiness of God and even the things that are holy, like in the world, the things that God has made holy, um, as humans, our response is usually to like say, get away from me, like to either, you know, you know, you just, you see your own sin, you see how sinful and awful and dirty you are. And so really it's like, I don't even want to be in your presence, like get away from me because I just know I'm so unworthy. And, um, he just characterized that. And I was just really struck by that. I saw that that was true and, um, just had me meditating, I guess, on that passage a lot throughout the week that I was gone and reading that book. But the other thing he talks about in that is just how, um, I remember this, it's just not coming back to me. Actually, he said, 
Um, basically, the, the common theme for every Christian is that God takes us from brokenness to mission. He takes us, that's like the progression, like we're broken, we can't do anything without him, we need to be saved, but God doesn't just save us and we get to enjoy salvation, but he makes us part of his mission. So like our progression for every Christian is from brokenness to mission. And um, again, referencing that, that passage, Isaiah 6. And um, he also tells like, he, he points out and kind of illuminates the, the difference in saying, here I am versus here am I. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. I remember sharing this with Tanner after I read it. Um, but he was saying, instead of just saying like, here I am, it's kind of like the way I envision it is like moving, like the motion of, of, of saying that it's like, here I am rather than here am I. I don't know if that will, you know, make sense with just audio, but it's like, um, here I am kind of sounds like you're stating a location, like here I am. Mm-hmm. But if you say here am I, it's like I'm offering myself to you. Mm-hmm. And um, some translations actually don't say here am I. Some say here I am, but I prefer the translations of the Bible that say here am I. And for me, it just was really uh, powerful and impactful to think about s- that kind of prayer to God. Here am I. I'm offering myself to you. And um, that's the progression of that, that passage. Isaiah sees his own brokenness, but though he's not worthy, he says, here am I, like, I will go for you. Um, even though there are probably better candidates out there, I will go for you. And so I remember writing this song. I wanted it to be a song that our church sings. Um, and you know, by the Lord's grace, it did catch on people, people like singing this one. Um, but I remember telling Tanner, like when we, when I first brought it back and he helped me kind of polish it up and finish it and get it ready to play on a Sunday, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through this song. Like, cause I, I kind of get emotional a lot of the times leading songs and this one specifically just always hits me and still does. And I remember saying like, you know, I'm probably going to just like have to like bow my head and like, just like sing it kind of like that. Just like very, like, I don't know, like it, it still yeah, yeah. moves me. So it's, it's a powerful one for me. Probably the one perhaps that means the most to me yeah. on the album. Yeah. Definitely gives the goosebumps. And I think, it's one that I think I relate to as well. Um, being a church planter and everything like that idea of like offering yourself and really going where God will take you and the faith that takes and the scariness of that. But the, the joy to be called to do something, I think is really, really awesome. And a song mm-hmm. that I love listening to as well. So we're number 10. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded just like we were back on Shout the cone. Ex-cone player. <laughs> Shout out to cone player. <laughs> Grace <laughs> through faith. This one comes from one of my favorite passages of scripture. So mm. I think you wrote this one, Tanner. Yeah, I did. I, um, I remember just wanting to write a gospel song. Because Taylor talked about the progression of the service that we go through. Mm-hmm. Seeing the Lord and then seeing ourselves, confession and the gospel, um, you know, redemption. And then here am I, send me. All right. But I just wanted to write a song out of the gospel, and there's no better place to turn to, uh, not many at least, than Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was one of those songs that I just wrote very formulaically. Like I looked at a text, and I just wrote it. And uh, express, I, the chorus has always come first, um, and it's sort of out of the crux, you know, like verses 4, four through 6 or 4 through 7, uh, by grace, you know, I've been saved through the faith that you have given. Um, and then writing the uh, the verses around just were very easy because it's a progression of the gospel. You know, we're lost in sin, we're set apart from God because of our sinfulness, mm-hmm. um, and we are deserving of hell. So, like the first, it's kind of two parts of the first verse. Like we're following the hellbound prince, like we're doing the desires of the flesh, and then in the second verse, um, it's you know we are controlled by 
We're controlled then by our flesh through the sin that we're partaking in, and we are headed straight for hell. Um, and that's our reality, you know, mm-hmm. pre-Christ. And um, and then the chorus is, you know, the gospel. We are saved only by grace through faith. Um, but another, like another important part of the song is is the end. You know, you've raised us up and seated us with Christ. We are made in Christ Jesus for good works, so that you know the world may see. Um, and so it was a song. It was actually, I think that we. It was the same day we did redemption. We literally, I remember we sat at my, we were sitting in my apartment, and uh, you were working out redemption, and then like I'm working out grace through faith, and like we got done, and we had two songs. It was really sweet, and then I think that was like a Saturday. Yep, it was, it was the a Saturday day before we played, that. and we let wow. them the next day at like five p.m. Which so, y'all couldn't do that now with a full band, right? Or would no, you try? Probably couldn't. We would. We try to be a little more kind. You have to get to everybody on, ta- on the same yeah, page. It'd be tough. Back then, yeah. it was easy. Just yeah. throw it out. There. We're very okay though with evolving songs. You know, like King of Glory evolved a lot, and right. then Make Me Know evolved some, and then um, all these other all the songs have evolved to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. They weren't, then became. Yeah. Yeah. So grace through faith, just straight up gospel, easy like. Yeah, Easy and to I can understand. say that's one that our people like to sing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't think it was even until just a few months ago we were singing it, and I was just like, "Oh man, like that is just so good." And it's the scripture, and it's almost word for word, like in certain parts. And I remember even being home at some point by myself, just praying, and like I was praying, but I prayed the words of this song, like it just mm-hmm. came to my head, and that was my prayer to the Lord. And I remember texting him, being like, "Dude, like thank you for writing this song. Like it gave like it gave me." words for a prayer that I really was, I wanted to pray that to the Lord and yeah. I prayed those words, you know, yeah. it was, I don't know. It's just powerful. That's how I feel about locust mm. yeah. eating years. So have y'all written songs that weren't worship songs before this? Cause I want to know like the difference and I want to know percentages. You can just make them up. <laughs> like, cause now you got to focus before when you're just writing a song, you're focused on music and melody and lyric. Now you're focused on music, melody, lyric and scripture. And mm-hmm. like, what's a percentage would you say that scripture becomes important? And if you wrote songs before scripture centered songs, like how much more difficult is it? I think it's easier. I think it's easier because it's written there. It's right there. Yeah. It's right there for you. And and something that I've, I'm passionate about in doing this is, and there's there's nothing wrong with the worship of our day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are putting a lot of time, and the Lord is speaking to a lot of people. Um, in the songs that they're writing, you know, all these big bands and big churches that are putting out, you know, an album a year mm-hmm. that every other little church is singing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's better than singing the Bible? Nothing. There's nothing better than singing the Bible. And if we can give that to our people, then why wouldn't we? Like, it can be challenging for those to be a solid melody, to get those songs to a solid melody. But I remember hearing from a, from a pastor one time, he was talking about the creative process, and he, was, he compared it to digging for gold. And uh, this is for anything. And so mm-hmm. you literally, it, you don't just scoop a hand down in the dirt and pick up a big old chunk of gold you have to get on your hands and knees and you have to dig and dig and dig and dig and get dirt in your fingernails and just get down and get dirty and just go through so it's the same thing that you may write a hundred lines and only one's one's good i mean that's that's how it is in all songwriting so do y'all have a lot of duds honest um 
lot yeah, of like a lot of dud ideas, but like if it's a dud, I'm not going to finish it. Yeah, we usually don't pursue it. Right. Yeah. You'll reach out and get enough feedback to where you're like, all right, I'll, I'll try yeah. something different. Do you ever revisit something that you kind of abandoned for a while and then make it something? Have you done that? Well, that was that second song, Make Me Know. You, yeah. You left that on the, on the yeah. back burner for a while. Was, yeah, I was away for well, a while. Well, this next song, it's a great transition. But I remember Oh My Soul being an agonizing early process. Because I remember you and I sitting together and like the wording of it, like the perspective that you're writing mm-hmm. it from, trying to figure out if that played well. And so yeah. I think I remember the the first week that you were going to bring it to the church and we were practicing. I was playing Cajon that week and it was a rough like you just couldn't figure it out. Like what you figured out for yeah. you, but then now you're trying to incorporate the right. I guess yep. the drum wasn't here because I was there. So yeah. mm-hmm. so tell us about Oh My Soul. How'd that come about? I was uh I was just praying one day and Psalm three was on my mind. But I was just praying, Oh my soul, your hope is in God. Just trying to to beat into my to myself that 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 truth. Because it's really easy to look around and, and see like, you know how screwed up I am and say, Gosh, dog, what am I doing? Like it's a hard, like when you come face to face with your sin and when you come face to face with who you are and then who God is and, you know, you're reading through, you're reading through the Bible and you're like, dang it, I don't measure up, you know, but, you know, that's the gospel. The gospel is, you know, we don't measure up. Mm-hmm. And so and that's another one of those cool Psalms where, you know, I'm singing Psalm 3 um, from a gospel perspective, you know, written way before right. Jesus came to the earth, you know, came to earth and and die on the cross, like, to to save us. I'm singing this, Oh, my soul, your hope is in God. And then write it right out of Psalm 3, you know, just straight through it. It's, I don't think it's a very, it's not a very long psalm at all. Mm-hmm. And it's even one of those imprecatory psalms, you know, it's kind of weird for us as a modern church to be singing, like, Lord, break the teeth of my enemies. Break, you know, strike my enemies on the cheek. Like, you, he, like he will defend us is the idea of that. Right. And it was hard for me, I think, because of the perspective. Like, how do I bring this corporate? And the biggest heart behind this song was to get people to sing. Like, I want that to sink in. Like, for those who are not feeling worthy, mm-hmm. for those who are feeling like they don't measure up, like, you don't. You don't measure up. But Christ has bridged that gap. And, oh, my soul, your hope is in God. We have to constantly be preaching the gospel to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a song that is... I mean, that's what that song is, is a constant, your your hope is in God. So we sing it, and we sing it like six times. And that's not really indicative of a lot of songs that we do. It's Most of the songs that I write are, are really wordy and are hard to fit all the words, and I have to cut a lot of words out to make to get the idea across. But that song was very just, it's probably one of the more simple songs, you mm-hmm. know, that's that's been written. And it's just, oh my soul, your hope is in God. It's repeated all throughout. But the idea is to like let that sink in. I would rather people not even sing. I'd rather them just sort of like sit there and like pray that while mm-hmm. we're singing to sort of to posture your heart into mm-hmm. the into the uh, you know the just the the role of like preaching to yourself. Oh my soul, your hope is in God. And um, mm-hmm. and then the verses are you know are just a reminder of you know, who God is and what he is for us. You know, he's the shield. He's our, like my glory and lifter of my head. Um, oh, my soul, your hope is in God. Mm. So it's him we look to, not to us. If we look to ourselves, we're going to disappoint. Mm. 
But if we look to God, we will find, you know, peace and rest. Peace and rest. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, last but not least, Be Thou My Vision. One of my favorite hymns of all time. But why did you guys choose this one? Uh, singing Be Thou My Vision, that's one of my favorite hymns too. It's it's really, really good. Um, just as a prayer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, at least for me, I think it was true for you too, but Tanner and I were just jamming one night in preparation for like this gig we were going to play coming up. It was like 12 a.m. It was, you You were staying at my house one night when Lindsay was out of town and we were just staying up jamming and playing through the songs we wanted to play at this gig. And then we tried this one out just cause. And uh, for me, it was when I, it was the moment, honestly, that I looked back on as like, all right, that's when Tanner and I like really clicked. Like, and this was like well over a year after we first started leading together, but it was like, just an undeniable time when we were just playing together and it just was like pretty powerful where just the two of us, we were just playing and I was playing keys. It was one of the first times I ever played keys actually on a song Mm -hmm. and uh, we were just playing it. But um, it was just powerful because we were just, we clicked and it sounded, we were just so pleased with how it was sounding and stuff. And um, yeah, then we ended up, we did it at the gig, like coming up a a few days after that. And then we ended up playing it on a Sunday and uh, people, people loved it. And we kind of wrote the, just like the, the recurring O's, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the song. Um, but just as Sam like a thematic thing. Wrote yeah. that last verse. Yeah, I was going to say, and like, yeah. we have a special guest writer. I don't even know <laughs> if he wants to be credited, but Sam wrote the last verse of this. Like, that's completely 100% original what is it? lyrics uh, for Sam. What are the words? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, let's hear it. All right. Be thou my treasure, the joy of my heart. Satisfy me with the person of Christ. Thou my great need and thy grace my delight. Thy promise is future. My hope is my Christ. So that's... that's a, I just thought that was part of the hymn. Yeah. <laughs> that is like no church in the world is singing that verse. I can tell you right there. That's awesome. Sam yeah. texted that to me and Tanner one time. And he yeah. was like, hey, if, the next time you go, you guys do Be Thou My Vision, think about adding this on at the end. And I don't think he really thought we were going to do it. It was kind of just like, I wrote this and let's see if anything mm-hmm. happens. But we liked it and we decided to go ahead and do it. And then we, we kept it going. That's yeah. awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I think like this song, it's kind of special that we get to end the album with that. Yeah. It's like a really sweet, it's, it's kind of simple. There ain't anything crazy to it. Um, but it's just really just like mm-hmm. reverent and a fun song to sing, but it's really just a, a right way to end. I think like yeah, it's a great starting song. off, like directing your eyes to the Lord and to his word. And then, Hey, even mm-hmm. as we end this thing, like leading out, Lord, we have nothing else but you. You're my treasure. Be yeah. my vision. You know. It's a great bookend and kind of wrap up to mm-hmm. the CD for sure. Well, it's awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to, to share. Wait. Oh, Josh, you got something else? <laughs> What's next? Oh, oh, yeah. We writing some more songs? Just give us a little teaser. A What's good next? Um, I mean, because you just finished. Like, the release hasn't even been done yet. It's right. happening Sunday. So, I guess what's the, like, was it fun? What's the... What's the consensus? Well, it took a long time, which as it should. I think we learned a whole lot. Yeah. We learned a lot, a lot. There were definitely times, there were so many times where I just wanted to quit. Hmm. I didn't want to keep doing it. I thought it was impossible. We would never get through this. And uh, here we are. We have, you know, a record in front of us with 12 songs. We started out wanting to do five. Mm -hmm. And like, that was about a year ago in June of 2018 or July, yeah, June. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a process of mm-hmm. constantly like the Lord providing right, and giving us uh, 
contacts as well as finances, like to just go ahead and get this thing done and to do it in a right way. And so right. it's been, would we, would I do it any other way? Like go back and change anything? Probably not because we've learned so much in the process um, that now we have a lot more uh, knowledge to mm. do the next stuff. So, I mean, maybe something, you know, in a couple of months might pop up. So we'll just wait. We'll fill it out. Yeah. Well, let's end it like this. What would you want? You, you get the you get the last word here. What do you want to say to everybody? What do you want to plug? We'll end it like that. I think the the biggest thing coming out of this, what I want to see happen, is I want to see people just latch on to these songs, not because, not for anything other than like they're the word of God. Mm-hmm. I want to see our people sing it like have it in their hearts so that they can, you know, hide the word of God in their hearts. And, um, also for kids, like the kids that are growing up in our church, I want them to know these songs for that reason Mm -hmm. and nothing else. And then I want to see other worship leaders in this area step up and write for their church. Uh, when it's not easy, but it's so fruitful and so useful. Mm -hmm. I'd love to have, um, a culture of Christian singing where it's, it's the Bible. Like you can point, specific verses to every line to where people are writing straight out of the Bible. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the biggest thing is I would love to see this. I would love the Bible just to, you know, to go out. I think my favorite verse throughout this whole, the thing I think about all the time is uh, the promise of whenever God's word goes out, it doesn't come back void. Mm-hmm. And that is the promise that I'm clinging to, that these songs, um, even, you know, the hymns, a lot of them based out of the, the Bible, but especially the nine we've written where we can attribute, you know, line by line almost to where that sat in the Bible. I want people to latch onto that and I want lives to be changed. I want God to use it for him to get glory Mm. to sort of, to be used as a vessel. Like as we are the worship ministry of the field church, we want God to use this to shine back on the word, come back to the word, just live and breathe on the word. Awesome. Taylor, anything? I agree. (laughs) said it well all right thanks guys thank y'all thank y'all thanks for listening to this resource from the field church in mandeville louisiana we pray that it helps you joyfully make jesus christ your treasure